general nerdery. So I usually try and make sure I watch the thing that we're going to be talking about, like, the night before or two nights before, depending on my schedule. But we were supposed to film this two weeks ago, record this two weeks ago, and then life happened and we missed, you know, the idea, not important. But I realized last night at, like, 9 p.m., that it's been, like, two and a half weeks since I watched the source material that I now need to talk about for an hour and a half. So, um... Preemptive apologies to our listeners. (laughs) Luckily, I've seen this several times at this point, but... uh, I did my homework. Yeah. Uh, One of us does. I did it two weeks ago. The amount of book reports that I just pretended I read the book because I thought that uh, Cormac McCarthy was boring uh, actually makes this still count. Anyways... Welcome to General Nerdery, your podcast about liking things. We're your generals of nerdery. I'm Zach. I'm Tyler. And with us again is our old buddy, Stephen. Oh, hi. I, I, I'm a lieutenant of nerdery, Stephen. At this point, at least. Uh, I'm pretty sure last time we decided that's what we wanted lieutenant? to go with. Lieutenant? Okay. Lieutenant. It's got a... Uh, Works for the me. The only time in my life I will ever pronounce it lieutenant. <laughs> how's, it, how's it pronounced? Am I mispronouncing this? No, it's perfect. Oh. oh damn it. Uh, no, I'm self-conscious. <laughs> Isn't it lieutenant? No, I think there's I think there's a they No, 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 they're the same thing. No, I looked this okay. up once. Oh, it is it. literally <laughs> Damn it. Uh, I'm no. gonna look. I'm while we start in on this. I'm gonna double check that. But like, I've looked it up in the past, and I'm pretty positive they're is the same this fucking like thing. A, is this is this just like a British uh, like kind of <laughs> what it's just pronounced this way in certain places? You just watched old British historical movies where like Lieutenant, go do this thing. It's the Victorian era. <laughs> no, I'm literally just pulling this out of my butt from just random uh, like adventure movies, probably. <laughs> um, I thought it was a rank. Below lieutenant? No, I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, uh, then I definitely want to be a lieutenant. Lieutenant. Yeah. Um, so a lieutenant is the lowest commissioned officer rank in many military forces, while lieutenant is an archaic spelling of lieutenant. Ooh, I love it. Goes to show how much I know about the military and or its rankings of things, um, of which I am not a, in general a huge fan of. <laughs> well, perfect segue, lieutenant. What have you been ingesting this week? Oh, I've been inge- <laughs> I've been ingesting a bunch of horror movies. Um, uh, I watched uh, Bride of Reanimator for the first time. Oh, was, yeah, it's fun. It was very fun. I quite enjoyed it. I also watched uh, Halloween Kills, um, all of the Final Destination movies, a bunch of random horror movies uh, that I've rewatched. Um, uh, I also have been blasting through. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow, since they just added the most more recent season to Netflix that I've been mm. uh, meaning to watch because it wasn't on there when I wanted it. Mm, those <laughs> bastards. <laughs> this shaken anger. Um, and uh, uh, also I've had a, an anxious week or so, so I've been uh, re-listening to uh, the Steven Universe soundtrack on repeat. Hell yeah. It's my comfort album slash music. Uh, I'm not even going to try to remember everything that I've oh, been yeah, no, ingesting. I've like, so, like, I I got COVID. That was the reason we didn't record last time. So I was stuck at home not being able to do anything. I ingested everything. Like, I went, like, completely through a number of different shows again. I read a shit ton of comics. Like, so lately, uh, I will say I went and watched Dune this weekend. We will be doing an episode on this soon. Yes. So I won't go too much into it, but it was amazing. And even though I bought the Mass Effect Legendary Edition back when it came out, 
Uh, I always knew it was going to be somewhat on the back burner because there was other games that I wanted to play much more that I was still in the middle of and then I knew would be coming out by the time I got done with those other games. I finally burned through enough games that I was able to start back in on Mass Effect. So I beat number one again uh, over the past two weekends and I started in on number two uh, for my first ever full playthrough of it. So Are you trying your like mad 100% shit? With these, or are I you just so okay. Life? So Mass Effect One, I've probably already played about fifteen times through. Oh, okay. So not this time. So I did probably about ninety-seven percent number one, uh, only because uh, I don't have to listen to any dialogue in that one ever. So <laughs> like ninety-seven percent is still like a thirty-hour playthrough for number one. For okay, me. yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Oh, let's see. You know, I actually got three because it shows really the wild range of comic books that I read, which just tickles me. First off, we have James Tinian's The Department of Truth. Uh, uh, we've talked about Tinian a couple of times because he was going to be like the head Batman honcho, the next Scott Snyder, and he left it all to make his own comics on Substack, which is just wild, brave choices. And it made me go, man, I already liked him. I need to check his shit out. Um... One of his books, Department of Truth, is the idea of all conspiracy theories are real, and this, you know, like, belief makes things real, and there's this little government agency, the Department of Truth, that goes and deals with that. And I was like, hell yeah, that almost sounds Night Vale and it's probably going to be more serious than that, but, like, no, it's the bad conspiracy theories. It's, like, Jewish blood libel and false flag shootings and, uh... What? And satanic panic. Okay. Like, the more people believe in, like, the satanic panic, the more real it becomes. It starts warping reality in, like, the way Terry Pratchett's Discworld has okay. belief makes a thing true, but with the really horrifying Reddit corners of the, of the internet making things true. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, like... One of the issues is this woman who loses her son in a school shooting, but she gets sent evidence that she faked it, that it was a false flag and he was a child actor. And she starts having a breakdown because she lost her son in a school shooting, but she's shown incontrovertible evidence that her son is still alive. And she's like, who has my fucking son? I don't remember doing this, but clearly I did because that was me on like the video they captured. Mm hmm. And this agency has to come in and destroy that video, destroy all evidence so that this is true before she can share it because that would, like, permanently make it real. Oh. Or, like, you know, a character's a survivor of the satanic panic, but he actually has real-life proof that it is... So it's kind of like what we normally see in, like, different sci-fi as, like, time cops, except it's, like, reality cops. Yeah. It's kind of like X-Files if they had to, like kill off the thing before it becomes that is awesome. real. It is the, the leader of this group is Lee Harvey Oswald. Like he leads <laughs> the organization ever since. Um, and I was like, this is fucking amazing. And it is, I don't know if I can do the second volume. No, they, I read a. I mean, the school shooter one is like not even the most. Dis it no, it's the most disturbing thing I've ever read. Heavy but it is, is all fuck. I sat down. I read the whole thing in like forty-five minutes, and then I just kind of like sat in a small ball and stared at things for a little while. Like it is. If you have the ability for some real heavy mind trips, I cannot recommend this highly enough. 
All right. Okay. Uh, and then just the other two corners that are fun because they're just so wildly different. I've gotten really into bad girl comics recently, so I've been reading like Witchblade and Vampirella and uh, like Magdalene, like Top Cow. Oh, Laura Croft Tomb Raider from like okay. the early, like late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Fuck yes. They're all really good, and I'm kind of mad about it. It's it's all the stuff I dodged for years because it's mostly naked women. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, no, that's sexist. And it is. Early Witchblade is hella sexist. But when less sexist people got their hands on the character, wildly cool shit happens in that book. Did they do a show on the Witchblade? Yes, it was yeah. bad. Yeah. They had, I mean, it was like 2001 and they had no budget, so they could not do any of the cool Witchblade stuff. And for obvious reasons, she wasn't dressed in nothing but the Witchblade. They also did an anime that I think is pretty good, if I remember correctly. It's supposed to be pretty out there. It has almost nothing to do with it's just like, Sarah Pizzini, from what I understand. It's just the concept of the Witchblade, but not even, like... Really, that exactly? It's just like we're gonna take that. Here's a poorly <laughs> defined uh, gauntlet thing that literally every artist draws differently, and okay, it's all that yeah, yeah. like weird techno organic looking mm -hmm. stuff. And I was like, I wanted to do fan art, so I looked up different versions. Like, none of you know what this fucking looks like. No one knows what it looks <laughs> like. It looks like what you think it looks like. Uh, and then to go my final route, which is just completely out of left field. Have either of you ever heard of the Marvel manga-verse? Mm -hmm. uh, yes. I was expecting no's on that, but okay. <laughs> I've read a little. In t uh, the only one I haven't bought in the last month is the good one. And just because it's been, it's like impossible to find. Spider-Man Legend of the Spider-Clan. Which is the only um, one I've heard of, in all honesty. It's the only one worth reading. I've read but, it. I've read it in non-conventional forms. Uh, Marvel manga-verse came out in around 2000... Uh, Early, early 2000s, because I was in middle school or, like, freshman high school. And it is American authors, mostly Ben Dunn, who is best known for Warrior Nun something something. They made a sci-fi show off of it oh, recently. Warrior Nun Ariella or something yeah, like that. I know what you're talking it's about. It's bad girl comics about a nun with guns. Cool. Um, sort of. Uh, I like the concept. I, I, don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if it's actually good. I just like the concept. But they hired him to be like, all right. Manga selling like fucking hotcakes in 2003. Do that, but with Marvel. So it's like the Avengers form of Ultron thing, and uh, Spider-Man's a ninja, and Wolverine is missing a hand and has laser claws. And do, do they fight Galactus? Because that'd be good. They do at one point. Uh, Captain Marvel, and it's the original Marvel, is a confused kid with white hair, like protagonist hair that gets transported and gets magical powers. Um, Fuck the all sounds. Stephen Strange is wearing sweet shades while doing stuff, and uh, Tigra is his assistant as a cat girl. Okay, it's gotta have a cat girl if it's anime. Yeah, it's bad, but it's also just stupid enough to be like fun. It's like some of the worst what ifs, and I haven't seen the show yet, but like just the comic instead, where they really just let someone get super high and then like play bingo and have to write an episode about it. That's pretty much what Marvel Mongaverse is. Like That's great. I love that like that that, that exists is just some real and then Spider-Man Legend of the Spider-Clan of them is actually really fucking good. Scotty Young, who worked on Daredevil, 
not Daredevil, Deadpool. He does all the like Marvel baby covers that they do like alternate versions of with every news thing. He does a really popular comic called I Hate Fairyland. Mm. Uh, he's an artist that I hear a lot, but if you don't know comics, you've never fucking heard of him, which is fine. He's just fucking great. They let him do it. That's like how he entered the comic scene. And it's awesome. It's trashy because it's, you know, an American making ninja comic books. But, oh, it's cool. Uh, I have to mention one other thing just because uh, I don't even need to get too deep into it. But I did lose way, way, way too many hours of my life to not bring it up. Um, I, like, spent almost two days straight just fucking around with... Um, uh, artificial, what, the the AI art generators. Oh yeah, I can see that. You guys fucked around with AI art generators? I have not. It's like, fucking weird. Just a little bit, but not enough to really get into it, enough to really be interested. I legitimately ended up making a couple things that, <laughs> like, like, I don't really have... Good. If I had less, or if I had more room on my walls, I would probably buy some of the prints <laughs> that I actually That's ended up great. coming up with. Like... But it was a lot of fun just to be like, like some of the shit I sat there and I like inputted things like trying to actually make it sound good. And then other things I was just like, oh, man, I have the Lynch Dune on right now. So what happens if I type in Arrakis, Dune, Desert Planet? Oh, look, that looks cool. You have to whisper it all, though. Yeah. Arrakis, Dune, Desert Planet. Or like, what is it? The bless the maker, bless the coming and going of him. All sorts of stuff. Yeah, I, I definitely put all that in, too, and it was just like, oh, look, it's actually kind of wormy. Oh, the Dune episodes <laughs> that we do are going to be awful. But before that, we have a little bit of news that's not quite the news-tastic for... Um, not quite the news because, well, DC Fandom happened. Yes, yeah. before we do fandom. that... <laughs> yeah, let's get the depressing out of the way. So... In kind of good news, really fucking terrible news situation of these, we're kind of condensing a few really weird things into one story, starting with, what is it, Aitsi? Aitsi. 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 The uh, basically behind-the-scenes union for movie workers. And and television, I think. And television workers. Yeah. Did they fully unionize, or did they just force better? Uh, well, yeah, they they've they've been, been a union. union. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what uh, I. They basically is. they voted to strike last I read. Um, I don't know where they were at on that. I believe the unions, they were like twelve hours from the strike starting when they announced the full deal. Um, uh, like they they producers and a, and the unions struck a deal. And that's the last I heard of it. It's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Um, there's a tentative deal, I think, in place, but they kind of announced that before a lot of those details had time to actually uh, disseminate down to the actual union members. And from what I've heard is I think there's a lot of pushback being like, this isn't a deal. This is hardly anything we fucking asked for. I think it's very early and I think they're in more than likely going to strike. Mm-hmm. Um, which, they uh, temporarily I'm to strike and I'm down for them to strike. Oh yeah, no, there's to. a lot of strikes happening uh, and I'm super down for it. Uh, if you want, find pictures of John Deere's on strike. And they mm-hmm. tried to send the office workers to do the power tools. Oh, and there's I heard some, about this. There's some uh, hilarious pictures of Day like falling forklifts. Day and, like, one, everything ambulance was... called within an hour. Um, you know, because you shouldn't be fucking operating a forklift if you are not trained in a forklift. Like, just 
Heavy yeah. machinery is heavy and can murder you if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, but the the kind of dark stuff that we were going to tie in this in is a deal really needs to happen because there's been several behind-the-scenes awful things coming out. Alec Baldwin fucking killed somebody. I don't have her name on me, and I feel really bad about that because I probably should have that when we're talking about this. But on the set of some low-budget Western Alec Baldwin is making, he fired a prop gun that he was told was cold. No live... No, not there, there shouldn't have even been a uh, blank ammo in it. Yeah, there should He's, be no rounds whatsoever. It and he was told it was cold, empty. and he was rehearsing with it, and uh, there was something in it, and someone died. Uh, are you and another person... Yeah, I'm trying you, to do that real Another quick. person injured. Yeah. Uh, it is fucking tragic. The union people had been, this, you know, this is really unsafe, and they fired the union people and brought on scabs, and this happened within 12 hours. That's it's almost like union people, you know, work within bounds and, and rules that, you know, keep people safe. I'm really glad that we've always been very open about our politics because we are not hiding it at all this time. <laughs> but also, yes, unionize. If workers don't advocate for themselves, who the fuck will? Uh, Halnia, uh, Helena Hutchins. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, was the cinematographer that uh, was killed, and Joel Souza was uh, the... Doctor, director? Yeah. Director. yeah. Who also got injured. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It is it is a problem and ties into we're only gonna talk about this extremely briefly because we have no idea what's happening. But uh allegations about horrible shit happening on behind the scenes of Batwoman season one came out. And it sounds like the worst job ever, kinda no matter who's telling the truth. Ruby Rose came out with a whole bunch of allegations. People started pushing back, being like, no, that's not what happened. You were fucking fired. Which, it takes a lot to be fired from being the main star of a successful TV show. Like, Yeah, you either have to be really fucking up or someone just really doesn't like you. Like, really high up. Or uh, in the middle somewhere. The thing that I noticed, and you know, this could prove wrong. They're, they're, it, one side could be completely in the right. We don't know at this point. Too early to tell. Uh, but it kind of sounds... It, to me, I noticed almost nothing they said was mutually exclusive. And so it kind of sounds like every single aspect of behind the scenes on that show was fucking awful. Yeah, I I was trying to see if there was anything more updated than what I had last seen uh, real quick. And I would Fucking, I don't know. It seems like it seems like there's truth in like everybody's fucking statements here, and it just sounds terrible. Yeah, no, it's just awful. <laughs> bad time. It just sounds like a bad time. A lot of people were doing stuff they shouldn't be doing. Um, but yeah, also, uh, fucking go Ayatsi strike. Yeah, like I don't have any skin in the game other than like a rising tide, you know, lifts all ships, and we just need fucking. Oh. Workers to be treated better in general. So on that note, and on the Alec Baldwin note, I noticed uh, the the guy running the boys has announced that they will not do even blanks in their guns on the show anymore. Kripke is that his name? I think so. Yes. Hmm. The and I don't know. I didn't get a chance to really read that article, so I don't know what the plan is. Probably just some special effects. Uh, well, for but, the most part, a lot of times it's generally done in post. Yeah, through visual effects, and they can add. The uh, the muzzle flare and uh, audio in post. 
Um, so just it's generally only used on sets for like cost effectiveness at this point anymore of just like they're generally wanting to not have to do all of that when visual effects it's sometimes just cheaper for larger scenes and i'm a fan of visual effects but this is a visual effect that is getting people killed yeah so uh i'm pretty down with it i i just i still don't know how this happens post fucking brandon lee and the crow yeah brandon lee's sister was asking that very loudly on twitter afterwards yeah. uh, uh it's a terrible tragedy which should never have happened and so much went wrong for it to have happened it's it's something that still hasn't ended up seeing the light of day. I don't I'm not involved with the process. I don't know if it will. I hope it does. Like I have been on a little mini set that used fucking firearms and shit. Like it shouldn't be that hard. Like it this is truly a tragedy cuz like we had fucking blanks and like oh, it's it's easy to have people double check this shit for yeah, you. Yeah, it's not it's very easy to have people to fucking double check this shit for so you. So many things went wrong that this happened and it's just it shouldn't. It shouldn't have happened. It's a real fucking bummer. <laughs> Fandom. <laughs> much happier. There's Although, also a malaria vaccine. That was that Yeah, was, you were telling me about that, which was so much better in the science. That, that, that was, I don't know enough about it because I do not have any degrees in science, but I do know that it's been over a decade in research and development and that it's very complicated because malaria, if I understand correctly, is more of a parasitic entity rather than a virus so it's a different type of but this approach. falls under like when we found stuff about cancer treatments on one other one like if even a tenth of malaria patient like deaths drop and, and, and that's I, so many people and mm-hmm. i i think there are some more steps before super super widespread use of it but the big note uh, thing of note is that the world health organization has approved the steps that it would need to take mm-hmm. to go to widespread use mm. um and of an existing malaria vaccine that had been showing very good trial basis uh, results, which is could result in hundreds of thousands. If I, if I'm not mistaken, maybe more um, of saved lives, which is huge. Yeah. Super cool. Rad news. Uh, In my opinion, very good news. Go science. Okay. So, fandom. Disavano! Um, we watched some shits. Yes, we have, what, five things here? Because we have the Batman, the Flash. Uh, How much do we want to get, like, do we want to talk about the video game ones? Do, yeah, let's bash those out. Cause, let's I mean, do those first, and we'll get into the You mentioned movie. it before we started recording. Uh, you were here for last year's fandom as well. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be here for every those. fandom until yeah. I die. Because apparently <laughs> fandom is a thing now. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, It's, it's kind of neat on. to have all that sort of drop, especially now that they're doing... Shit that I, we we shat on fucking Wonder Woman eighty four for like an entire episode, but I enjoyed watching the movie. That's why we shat on. We were so confused. Kevin <laughs> being like, "This was fun." That was a terrible movie. I didn't enjoy it. That's fair. I don't think I want to come back to it. If you listen to our episode, you'll understand. We do not fault anyone who dislikes that movie. Uh, it's bad. I, it mostly just confused me and confounded me a lot. That's what I remember most of the time. It's just like why. I just found no, that actor super charming for the most part. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean that. of the upcoming yeah. stuff. Uh, yeah, let's bash out the video games first. So we saw... Uh, we Gotham saw Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights um, uh, which is from WB Montreal uh, Games, which did the Arkham City... Uh, no, Arkham... Arkham City. Origins. Arkham the, Origins. This is the one yes. that you didn't like. The one that is not in my bag, maybe. This is the game that I'm more interested in, <laughs> but I also don't know enough about companies to really be like, oh, well, I don't trust them. 
Like, I'm more interested in it now than I was from the first trailer. Yeah, the first trailer I'm was still last not, year was... I'm still not sure where it's at on my interest. Like, ooh, I'm so down to see fucking Court of Owls, though. Like, based on my previous experience with Arkham City Origins, I will wait for reviews on this. But I, I will say it does... it. Story-wise, sounds much more interesting to me than the other game we saw, which was the Suicide Squad. It has Squad. the potential to be better. The uh, Suicide Squad looks like a much safer bet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm interested in essentially like an Arkham City game sans the bat. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, from what little I know, it's basically set in Batman's dead. Shit's hitting the fan. Bat family has to take over and you get to play as the Bat family. Any time that there's a story where Batman's unavailable so the rest of the family gets together and teams up is a good is I'm a good like, story. I'm very interested in it. There's a lot that I'm very interested in. I'm really curious how to see the rest how the rest of the family plays against the court without Batman being around. Yeah, that'll be really interesting too. Uh, the court is kind of a case of diminishing returns. Like the more often the court appears, the less intimidating they are. But this the is court the appearing... first time in video games, yes. though. So being the first time and not having Batman does make that much more intimidating. And Court of Owls, arguably the best Batman story of the last twenty years. I was going to bring that up. Like Court I of Owls. Also, say for the people who played the... the Arkham games, how many of them are actually going to know Court of Owls? True. It, it, there is definitely going to be a demographic of people who are like diehard Batman fans who are reading uh, or Batman. Who maybe got into Batman because of the original Arkham games and subsequently found the Court of Owls because it was big at that time. Exactly. I was going to say it's a higher percentage of video gamers who are likely to know it than, say, if they appear in a major movie. They did appear in Gotham, but only like 10 people watched Gotham and they mostly just talked about the Penguin in it. Robin Taylor Joy fucking killed it. I did not yes. like Gotham, but he was good. Um, I understand. Yeah. I feel like, yes, it is definitely a thing of diminishing returns in that it is a giant super secret cabal controlling Gotham, and once you know about them, it's not... But at the same time, I'm a sucker for secret societies, so I love the Court of Owls. Oh, like, dude, and Talon costumes are so fire. It's, yes, Greg it is. Capullo is such a good artist. Great so. choice with the owl iconography. It is fucking fire. It, I love it. Um, I'll be all over looking at that game, if nothing else. Just like, ooh, look yeah, at that. I it's I'm, Tim Drake or Damian Wayne for the I'm Robin. Interested. I cannot... It looks like Tim, but Damian's more popular. I want to say, I remember they, they showed off a Robin and, like, a Red Robin last time. And Red Hood. And this is me half remembering... Something we watched a year ago. A year yeah. ago. So I feel like we might be getting, like, the whole Bat family. Let me see if I can just look this up real quick. Um... On a side note, I think it might have been my recommendation last time, but if you have Webtoon on your phone, which is a bunch of free comics, so do it. They do Batman Wayne Family Adventures or something like that, and it is the first DC comic on Webtoon. And it's basically just like the Bat family all living in the same house and learning how to deal with each other, and it's fucking adorable. Uh, it's Tim. It's Tim? Hell yeah! Sweet. It's, uh... Dick, Barbara, Tim, and Jason. I would like Damien, but I'm not interested in his dynamic in this uh, scenario. Well, and when you have both Damien and Jason, neither one gets to do the really fun bit because they're just kind of both fitting in the same spot. Like, everyone else has their own, but they're both the edgy members of the Bat family. 
and I only like it in the context of pitting them against each other in that facet of like they know they're both the edgy <laughs> edge lords and just like have to try and one up each other. Mm-hmm. That's the only context I'm interested in. That. Ooh, how much does the court manage to to get their talons in the gray sun? Yeah, Dick was supposed to be a talon. Oh, that's uh, right. I, I remember this. I assume it's going to be a pretty major storyline because it's become a pretty big Dick Grayson storyline. They've done it a couple of times over the last decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely had that thought. I'm just so excited that Nightwing is, even if he's not getting his own game, is basically being the lead of a game. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. I think, like you said, just looks like the safer bet. It looks fun all around, it, but maybe like guns, nothing won't. Yeah, it does look a little gun heavy for me personally. But I remember last year when we talked about it, it reminded me of uh, Insomniac. Oh, what was that? Sunset Overdrive. Oh yeah. Um, like the what we what limitedly we saw of that. This one seemed more cinematic focused and about the story itself, which is, by the looks of it is they're killing the Justice League by because Brainiac's taking them over by the looks of it. This one is by Rocksteady, which did all of the other Arkham games, which... Has earned some credit. Yes, yes. which makes me like, okay, I'm... This one I would theoretically pick up without necessarily having to do some research on um, or see how it plays out. But, like, yeah, like you said, it does seem like a little bit of a safer bet story-wise. It doesn't... It looks fun. It looks good. But also it is a little gun-heavy by the looks of it for my liking... The main thought that I had while watching both of these is actually not related to a DC video game, but my annoyance that they released a Guardians of the Galaxy game on the Marvel side and only made Star-Lord playable. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, fuck that noise. Just call it fucking Star-Lord at that point, and I would have had no issue with it. But if you're going to be the Guardians, you got to be the fucking Guardians. And if they can... It's way more comic Guardians, right, than it is... It's kind of a mix between the two. Kind of a mix? Okay. We don't want to pay anyone likeness rights, but so we're just going to kind of fit it into our own universe. Rocket's got a beard for some reason, which I find kind of wild, but not important to this. Point is, you both of these games are saying you can do team games, so fucking be honest. Um, uh, weirdly jacked Deadshot? Yeah. yeah! Like, he was huge. He was ripped. <laughs> he was fucking huge. Huge. Uh, I'm very curious to know how that one's going to play. If they do it something kind of in a similar ilk of like Marvel Ultimate Alliance or mm. um, X-Men Legends being the two things I can think of offhand where you have a crew of different people you can easily swap back and forth. Kind of Dragon age I I've never played Dragon Age, so I don't know. Um, but I'm going to guess maybe, um, uh, where in which you can kind of swap back and forth between all of the different characters that have different abilities. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how it's actually going to play. <laughs> or if you are just like, oh, well, I guess I'm playing Harley Quinn. I guess I'm playing Deadshot. I mean, theoretically, if they're just throwing enough enemies on screen at a time and you just ha- give your teammates slightly better AI when you're switching with and you can just switch between them, you can still just kind of have it play out like an Arkham game. Yeah, which I'd be down for. You just have to make enough enemies on screen at a time to make it worth it to have that many controllable characters. The only problem with that being that, like... I don't know. A good 60 60 to 7% of me playing an Arkham game is just dicking around Arkham and not the main storyline. Oh, in the same way that I replayed Spider-Man recently, Um, just because I wanted to web-swing. Like I like I'm very much an archivalist, or, or mm-hmm. I forget the term. I want 
I wanted to say archaeologist, but um, of trying to uncover everything in any video game. Completionist? Completionist, I guess. Um, of just like, I'm going to overturn every rock. I'm going to find any trophy that is there. I, I did all of the Riddler trophies in the first Arkham game. I think oh, I almost pulled that off. I think there was one or two that I couldn't do in Arkham City, mm. um, just because there were some like timing based things, and I'm bad at that. So like, I definitely dick around side stories of games as much as I can, or non story content. So I I'll be curious to know how they're doing that, um, and if it is just like you get to just choose whoever character you are, and like if you're in main story stuff, they'll everybody else shows up. Just need to see more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, honestly, we kind of as, need as much as trailers for both of these. As mo- much as both of these games are trying, I'm not going to have time for either of them while Marvel Midnight Suns exists. <laughs> You're so excited for I'm that so game. I'm so excited for that <laughs> game. <laughs> That's fair. Like they're both, they're also both games that sound like good, and I would play, but also I don't want to see. I don't know if either of them are like games I'm gung ho to. Buy immediately. Yeah. It's kind of like James Gunn's Suicide Squad. They look like they're going to be a lot of fun popcorn stuff, but there's I'm not expecting a whole lot of meat. Unless I them. see some more stuff in like future trailers or gameplay trailers, where I'm getting a little bit better understanding what they're what the whole game's going to entail. Uh, and all honestly, I don't see myself shelling out the sixty plus dollars to get a brand new game. Unless, like, if, like, I probably won't play them unless they come to, like, Game Pass or something like that. Yeah. Um, which I doubt either of those would, because they're both probably WB published games, and I don't think they do stuff like that. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and then movies from least seen to most would be Black Adams to start. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is so fucking proud of his line, the hierarchy of the DC Universe is about to change. Yeah, I mean, let him be he proud. He said it three times in that trailer. He's been Black Adam for 13 years without a fucking movie to show <laughs> for it. Yeah. So he, he's very excited about that hierarchy to finally change. Just, he needs you to know that hierarchy's going to finally change. Well, and the problem is I just also don't buy it. But, Superman beats Black Adam. But he does. The, but the hierarchy's going to change. <laughs> Okay. I had to um, say it three times because he said it three times. Uh, I am excited for this because of the JSA, because Pierce Brosnan as his Dr. Fate is fucking gifted yes. casting choices. Oh, God, that's the that um, was what got me excited. Is when, when I saw everyone else was like, oh, I like that actor. Oh, I like that. Well, that's, that's cool. Nice. That's cool. He, oh, he, he's fun in that uh, uh, that that one, one random, thing I saw somewhere. Uh, he, uh, whoever's playing Adam Smasher, I know th- from a Netflix YA uh, series that he's done. Mm. Um that my partner and I have watched through that I uh, very much enjoy, but I can't remember what it's called at all. Um, but, like, very recognizable cast. But Pierce Brosnan as, as Dr. Fate, oh, fuck me, that is delicious. <laughs> that is just, like, so, that's, like, that's, like, garlic bread to me right there. Like, Ooh, delicious. I want garlic bread now. Fuck yeah, you. Exactly. Um, like, it's, like, deliciously just, like, I want to put that in my mouth and enjoy it. Never saw it's. And it's I don't know you want to put Pierce Brosnan in your mouth. I would. Um, I would put Pierce Brosnan playing Doctor Fate okay. in this Black Adam movie in my mouth and enjoy it. It is the best DC casting since uh, fucking Timothy Dalton as the Professor in Doom Patrol. Yes, that was very good. Hundred <laughs> Bond movies, Bond characters, former Bond. Uh, where's George Lazenby? Um, <laughs> the problem is. I want a JSA movie more than I want a Black Adam movie. 
You could put Black Adam in that movie. That's fine. But... Eh? And also, okay, so I don't know anything about Black Adam as a character other than my limited exchanges of having read, like, the DC New 52 Shazam attempt they did. Mm. Um, and then the Shazam movie, which I don't even think he's in. No, he's not. Um, uh, But, like, I contextually know that he's supposed to be sometimes Shazam's villain. So, like, this is a weird thing to me in that it feels like they're trying to make a villain movie that I I can only assume they're going to heel turn. So... Because Dwayne The Rock Johnson's not going to play a villain for that long? 30-second history of Black Adam. Black Adam was originally, I mean, he's basically evil Captain Marvel, evil Shazam. Uh, he originally appeared way back in the old and like golden age of comics, but he was not a major character. He became bigger in the 90s comics where they wanted to bring in a real Captain Marvel villain because you can only do so much with Mr. Mind. And they didn't want to do Dr. Savannah because Lex Luthor already fucking exists. <laughs> um, so... They started bringing in Black Adam more often. Jeff Johns, who was writing Justice Society, was a fan of Black Adam, so he brings him on originally as a Justice Society villain. And there's kind of, they in the 90s, they introduced a, like, there's an honorable side to him. Right. Uh, which was super popular. Originally brings him on as a villain, and then they have a later story where feeling like he owes a debt to the Justice Society, he helps them with a mission, and then kind of joins whether they like it or not. Him being like, I'm here, I'm gonna join. And they're like, well, you're one of the most powerful people in the Marvel Universe. We can't just, like, let you loose, so... Sure. I guess. Uh, I guess this way we know where you're at. Yeah, exactly. You're not in charge. But. Okay. But. Okay. And that's where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. And what I'm worried is because it's the Black Adam movie, it's going to end with Black Adam in charge of the Justice Society instead of Black Adam is a member of the Justice Society contentiously. Hopefully it's like a situation where it's like Aquaman in charge of uh, um, uh, Justice League, whatever it was, Detroit. Detroit. Where he's just like, yeah, I'm going to be in charge. And then just like, I, I don't have the time. <laughs> What I if it ends with him as the leader of the Justice Society, but it ends with that also obviously being a bad thing to set up for what the, eh, I'm still not the super, second one could be? I'm still not super feeling that idea, but that works a little better. Uh, I, I super don't want romanticized, like, we're going to be the edgy, proactive Justice Society, because proactive super teams don't work. Do you um, think we will get a Sandman? Well, I know we're not this... Because the Justice Society in this one is Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Cyclone, and Atom Smasher. Which is why I'm concerned, because other than Cyclone, those tend to be kind of the edgier JSA members already. So mm -hmm. they're the ones more likely to follow his bad idea. Which is why I was like, do we get a Sandman? Because Sandman's going to be the one who's... Sandman would be like... Uh, uh, I don't know! In the same way... Fighting just a moment. Alan, Scott, put this on and you smell this. <laughs> the Alan Scott Green Lantern and the Jay Garrick Flash are the ones that I really. One, you just. It doesn't feel like the JSA without those two. And two, they're the ones that really stand up to him. And he's like, Flash, I could kill you in a moment. And he's like, Yeah, fucking try. I've been doing this for 80 years. Bring it on. I'm the Flash. Great segue. The Flash. We saw more. I didn't expect to get excited when I saw Tim Burton stuff, even though I knew Tim Burton stuff was coming in. 
because I have I'm kind of mad about that movie. Like it was fun, but yeah. I didn't get excited by seeing the cowl like I know a lot of people did. I fucking love the Anton Firth Batmobile. Yeah, you gasped when he started I to pull love the that fucking Batmobile so much. <laughs> it yeah, is one good. of the best Batmobiles. It's such a, so that makes me happy. The rest of it, like, um, we know there will be I'm, multiple flashes. I'm glad that it they're not obviously doing just like straight ahead flashpoint. No, like the, the we've flashpoint seen it several times and it's always boring. Yeah, the flashpoint influence is obvious, but it's also very obvious that it's not straight flashpoint. So I am more interested than I was to see what they are doing with it. The costume looks significantly better than yes. the Justice League movie. I still don't think he needs all of those weird glowing lights. I think it just makes his costume too busy. That's more like the Injustice costume. Inju it's been the New 52 thing. Yeah. I'll say that unless you go gold, yellow is kind of hard to film in that costuming sense. So I feel like it might just be a thing that it doesn't really pop well enough to stand out on film. I mean, do the... That they just need to do something and they're just going way over correcting. I don't think it looks terrible. I think it looks way better than the uh, other. I really hated all the cable yeah. tied on look of the other, the last Flash one. It very There's much, a good idea in there. There's, there's a nugget of a good idea somewhere lost in there. Um... I only I liked it mildly better than the the new fifty two uh, flash one that we read with the terrible helmet. Um, oh, Earth two, <laughs> Earth two, uh, the Earth uh, two go, flash. Go listen to New Island if you want to hear us yell about that. That one is only mildly better in my opinion than uh, this one, but I like this new look. I think it looks good. I think it looks fine. I just that's my own, and that's just a pet peeve about me and. The Flash costume is so good because it's so simple. Um, um, also, we the do Flash get TV series uh, costume looks fucking fire. It's gotten so pretty solid at this point. So, fucking take some notes. Uh, we did get a shot. Like you said, there's at least two Flashes show up in it because we see two. And you said there was a Batgirl in that yeah, too? Yeah, that, the girl in that scene is, I can't remember her name, but she's the one that was cast for the Batgirl movie. She's in In the Heights. Yeah. Oh, cool. I actually really liked her in In the Heights. It's the only place I've seen her, so it's hard to judge on that. But like, Wait, who's she in In the Heights? Um, the uh, Nina, the girl coming back from college. Oh, shit, that's awesome. I'm very excited about this now. Um, and that flash that was behind, it was hard to tell from that quick little clip, but people have matched it up. Uh, there's been other just like still images shown mm -hmm. from the movie. And that suit that he's wearing is actually a bat suit that's been spray painted to look like. We a did flash. see him spray painting yeah. some stuff. Okay, that's kind of cool. Um, so this I would be like a good one be, to fit Barry. That might in. be the, uh, like, the, the, the main TV flash. Barry. And then the other one we see is probably that timeline's flash, is what I'm going to guess. Mm. Um, the one who has to, like, he probably fucked up and lost his suit, and now he's got to build a new one. So he's just like, oh, I'm just going to steal Batman's suit and spray paint it red. <laughs> I mean, that's what Miles did in fucking uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, and it worked there, which is why oh, the producers so decided to do this here. And then um, with seeing the the Keaton bat cowl and knowing that he's in it. And cannot turn his head. Yeah. Uh, the rumor, I think, has been that Batgirl is basically going to be Batman Beyond with Keaton as the old Bruce. I love it. I am more into that than the fucking internet meme that's been like, we need straight up Batman Beyond, but with Keaton, because Batman Beyond is the perfect cartoon, and I don't want a live-action version to, like, be not as good. It 
doesn't, I don't think it, I don't think it's going to translate unless you just take the concept of future Batman. Mm-hmm. Just take future Batman and then roll with that. Well, and the style was so unique is it's part of the thing. So it's so very 2000s proto future. Exactly. That like it doesn't necessarily, I don't think it would hang today with. And it holds up as a cartoon, but I think, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Like I don't, yeah. But taking that same idea of Bruce Wayne no longer can do this, send someone out on the way and doing it with Batgirl is actually really interesting. Hell yes, that is more interesting. It's so much more interesting than Joss Whedon's going to make this movie, which was the original plan. No, this is before we found out Joss Whedon sucked. When we only had the rumors that Joss Whedon sucked. Oh, okay. Like, Avengers had come out, but I don't think Avengers 2 had come out yet, so he hadn't quite torched his career yet. Gotcha. And they're like, he'll do Buffy. And they're like, wait, Buffy doesn't hold up as well in the modern day. <laughs> yeah, that's some problematic shit in Buffy. Um, and then, of course, we got the first official full trailer for The Batman. Even though I think it's just as long as the sneak peek that we got for Fandom last year. Yeah, I think you just get, you basically We get, get more of it. We do get, yeah, it's a better feel. I feel like you don't see anything, like, different scene-wise. I don't know if, like, like nothing's really new scene-wise. You just get, like, the other end of scenes, if that makes we sense. We get some action shots that we didn't have before, and we see what the villains look like. Okay, that is right. Because we see a little bit of Riddler. Also, like, 40 cops... Coming in, pulling guns on an unarmed man lands a little differently in 2021 than it did, than it would have like five years ago. I just had that thought while watching. Steven, I do like how you pointed out that even in that shot, though, we still don't really see enough to be 100% sure that it's Paul Dano. Yeah, like, I don't know if we've ever actually seen Paul Dano in any of these. Well, and when what little we have seen of Riddler released images, he's very masked up, so that'll mm-hmm. be... Which, a terrifying mask, what little we've seen of it. I, it's no, just thank you. super weird, yeah. It, it's like he duct-taped a plastic bag to his face, <laughs> oh. which sounds terrifying and uncomfortable, and I don't like that. The thing I will say is we were real unsure about what Colin Farrell will do as the Penguin, and I'm on... Bored after seeing him there. He looks fantastic. This was like the third time I watched this trailer. You tell me, like, you literally told, talked to Tyler about that, and like, I didn't even (laughs) register it. And then I was like, so wait, who's playing Penguin? And then you said the exact same thing of like Colin Farrell. And I was like, wait, Alexander? Bullseye? (laughs) The guy from Bruges? I'm trying to think of what... He was in a Pocahontas movie, like... He John was, Smith. He yeah. plays John Smith in that Pocahontas <laughs> Fright Night remake? Which, ooh, by the way, uh, just a just casual recommendation. Rewatch the Fright Night remake. It's it's good. It's good. An episode of Scrubs where his entire point is he's hot and Irish. Like, you know, Colin Farrell. Yeah, Colin Farrell. Um, um, yeah, he looks... He, wait, wasn't that his role in The Simpsons as well? That was his role in everything. It's Colin Farrell. But not this one. Like, he he looks... Um, like Oswald Cobblepot? Yes, in a way that is not... Danny DeVito is Oswald Cobblepot, because that was the danger. We were worried mm-hmm. that it Because you can't do Danny DeVito, you have to do something different. And I was worried they were going to try to do Sexy Penguin, which I'm not down for. But, uh... Is he I much mind shorter a- than I think he is? Or he's Ooh. just a weirdly tall... I don't, or he's pulling... There's uh, some of those action actors that turn out that they're, like, 5'5", five five, but they're very, like, chiseled chins. Which, so like, just, okay, like, just for it. the viewer, uh, just for the listeners' uh, edification, I am 6'4", so I am 
right up there with the tall people. Um, I, I very rarely ever see someone taller than me, and when I do, it terrifies me. Uh, he is 5'10". Under... Okay, so I've got three inches on him. You have uh, uh, six inches on Which him. is a, a, a lot, in all honesty. Like, uh, two inches is a lot whenever you meet... Because I've... I, there's a, I need the... to introduce you to my cousin that's 6'8 sometime. Do you see um, the, the... We have a bakery delivery person at our work that is, uh, like, three inches Yeah, he's a giant. Me. And he terrifies me. <laughs> he's he's only like three inches taller than me, and it makes me so uncomfortable. I'm, so, I'm not used to being shorter than people either. I understand. So yeah, uh, like Colin, Colin Farrell, not mu- uh, not much taller or shorter than us, but like I was he, reminded that Andy Serkis is playing Alfred. Uh, yes, and he looks great. He, I'm sure he'll do good. It does feel like a step down from having fucking Jeremy Irons, but okay. Yeah, I mean Andy's. Just looking at his Alfred, it's obviously like the former Special Forces version of Alfred, right? Yeah, the like, you know, the show Pennyworth version of Alfred, mm-hmm. where he's straight up like the bodyguard, not the butler. Which I'm down for. That sounds interesting. I, I like the idea of Alfred being former Special Forces. It makes him super interesting. Uh, Arbats looks kind of unhinged. He is going to town and being very brutal. Which I'm not super interested in, but the movie looks over the top it's enough also, that I'm willing to buy it. Like, I'm like it's a year it. two movie. I'm okay with that for like young bats as he's learning his place. The whole thing looks over the top enough that I'm more willing to accept it than if they tried to do more of a like Dark Knight feel while he's straight up like chewing the scenery. Mm. It looks very emo. <laughs> but I mean, that's because it's... I've said it bats. before, I don't like super brutal Batman. I like Detective Batman. I very much agree with you. But that's a me thing, so I, like... This is also an extremely long movie, so we've seen, like, half of a percent worth of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I am very excited <laughs> to have a Batmobile that's not a tank again. Yes. Give me muscle car Batmobile over... Yes, the please. The fucking Tumblr, which looked cool, but also, like... And I'm also... I'm. I liked the the little bit of weird world building they did of like it's it's designed to build bridges in places you couldn't take places normally and then like that's why it's got a jet engine so you could ramp without a ramp uh, sure the, the tumbler was cool there was some good world building meta narrative to that that I enjoyed but also I don't need Batman to have a tank it's, it's easy not. to over militarize Batman and that's ha- and very quickly Batman done begins there. does it. Um, yes. Oddly, Tim Burton, Batman with the bat plane that has fucking machine guns, did not bother me, but the tumbler does. So <laughs> because it's get so to examine my own personal biases. not military. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It did look like a cartoon. It has wicked more hot rod culture energy to it than it does <laughs> military culture energy. Uh, how about uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman? Uh, I'm down. Yeah, favorite casting since uh, Earth the Kid, which I realized that I very much, we discussed this when we watched the trailer, I very much apparently like a black Catwoman. Um, I, I didn't get realize why they're it, not making I, that change like in the comics, like just because it'd be too hard to explain. But part of me just wants them to change that and never talk about it, never worry about it. Just, nope, Catwoman's black. Yeah, I'm fine with this. This would be okay with me. Because... I'd like it. I don't even know why. I just do. I'm down for more people of color. More uh, representation. And yeah. And Eartha Kitt fucking killed it. And Zoe Kravitz looks like she's going to fucking kill it. And I, I, it feels like someone's just like, they, 
they had the same energy, and someone realized this, and whoever whoever casted this and was able to get this to go, I'm just like, good job. You did a good job. I like this. Now, we've only seen about four seconds of her, but those four seconds gave us more character than Catwoman had in the entirety of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> like, there is something about Catwoman where she needs to be a little bit insane. Mm-hmm. We don't need Michelle Pfeiffer's, like, full-on, I was killed and resurrected by cats. Which, mad respect, she did a good job? It's a little bit, a little too far, but I she don't did like a- Batman Returns, but every actor fucking kills it. She in that kills movie. it. Also, uh, super fucking hats off, because she did the fucking whipping the fucking mannequin head That scene. was entirely why I thought of this, is because she did that in one fucking take, and it is... Just see, I've seen behind the scenes videos yes, of this, and it's it just so like, cool. It's like, damn, man, Michelle Pfeiffer, fuck yeah, <laughs> you can whip some but, ass. But I mean, like, that's kind of the point. Like, Catwoman is this wild cat burglar that hangs out with a fucking whip and makes out with Batman on the rooftops. <laughs> you don't get to do that if you're not a little bit out there. And Zoe Kravitz's character had that out there energy that I need from Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and I don't think Anne Hathaway had that in her. No, she was boring as hell. Yeah. And that's not Anne Hathaway's fault. I thought she was a good casting. I thought they she just didn't kind fucking of was do playing it. it as Anne Hathaway. Like, she just was I mean, Anne She Hath- does that sometimes. Um, it was Anne Hathaway okay. as, as Catwoman. Look, I like Michelle Pfeiffer. I like Anne Hathaway. I like Halle Berry. But I don't to like date, that movie. <laughs> but to date, my favorite Catwomen have all still been from the 1960s series. Because that series understood the crazy. Exactly. Yeah. Eartha Kitt. Lee Merriweather, Julie Newmar. I always forget about Lee Merriweather, but she is good. Do we have any others? No, that's all uh, That's all what we got from Fandom. Cool. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk about Miracle Worker Season 2. So when people ask me about Belagarth, my weird wacky bats foam sword fighting thing that I do, people are always like, oh, is it like role models? And it's hard to say no, because I know the guy that made all of the swords for that. <laughs> Like, he has stuff in the mail for me right now. I talked to him yesterday. Nice guy. But, so it's hard to say no, but honestly, like, when I'm trying to explain it, Miracle Worker Season 2 is a little closer in tone than we actually get. Like, and there is is something, uh, my recommendation for tonight is going to be the same kind of thing. Fantasy comedy is such an underutilized genre to me. Especially ones where you're not that worried about, like, you're going to commit and you're going to put the money into it, but you're not that worried about being historically accurate at the same time. Love them. Yep. They can be so good. They're, that's where I enjoy fantasy, in all honesty. If it's too serious, I can just zone out and I'm just like, nah, this is, I don't really care about your, your elves doing this thing you're doing here. Fuck your elves, yeah. <laughs> or, or your swords and It was my problem with Game stuff. of Thrones and I understand that a lot of people love Game of Thrones and more power to you. It, the books are very well done. Not gonna lie, the things that got me through Game of Thrones was the sex and sometimes cool violence. Yeah. Mm. Not, yeah. The, not the intrigue of who's gonna have the, that throne. Yeah. It was the, uh, oh hey. Fucking no one we want. Um, those those hot people are yeah, fucking. In a word. And then, <laughs> oh, those, those other people are doing some cool fights. Hey, tits. Uh, which is very much not what Miracle Worker <laughs> Season 2 is. But this is the one I watched first. I watched this before I watched okay. uh, the first season. Because I had heard of the first season. I was like, that looks interesting. And saw this. And I was like, 
okay, I'm me. I have to fucking watch this. I legitimately did not know the show got more than a first season until I saw the trailers for the third season. I guess I gotta catch up. <laughs> um, I didn't know it was all one show. I thought Daniel Radcliffe was just on a tear for TBS. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that first show he did must have failed, so I guess they're doing a new one. Must have had some kind of contract. I don't have cable, did. so I was seeing this all yeah, secondhand I, through random advertisements. Facebook like, has learned like, that I like these advertisements, okay. so any time the time comes up. But uh, I'm not going to say thanks, Facebook, because it's fucking Facebook, but also they weren't I, wrong. <sighs> I hate that because I have had targeted ads do me right in the past. But oh, it, it's so infuriating. Like, do me insanely right. It's the only reason I have a part of the show Preacher, but... <sighs> um. All right. Miracle Workers, Season 2, subtitle, The Dark Ages. dun dun dun, dun. Uh, Which treats the Dark Ages about as seriously as the first season treated heaven. The basic premise of this is Daniel Radcliffe is back playing Lord Chonsley. The no, not Lord Chonsley. No, Chonsley. Is it Prince Chonsley? Okay. Prince Chonsley. Yeah, you're right. It's yeah, Prince, Prince Chonsley. Chonsley. The not Chauncey. Chonsley. The idiot son of the Tick. Honestly, because that guy played the Tick, and that's how is I that think Peter of it. Peter Serafinowitz. That yeah. is Peter Serafinowitz. Of oh, uh, Peter Serafinowitz playing the greatest like evil dark lords. I need to watch King. Shaun of the Dead now. Yes. <laughs> or rewatch the Tick. Tick. All of the above. The tick. But, uh, you know, he's super shitty Dark Lord. He has idiot son that's obsessed with ducks. And the other side is Steve Buscemi and his family, the shit shovelers. The, like, lowest ranked people in town. And uh, mayhem ensues! A lot of returning cast to get them out of the way. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll rename everybody. Uh, mentioned Daniel Radcliffe as Chauncey. Steve Buscemi is uh, Eddie shit, shit shoveler. shoveler. His middle name? Guys, remember? Shit shovel? Eddie Murphy shit shoveler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that made me sigh and then I blocked it out. Uh. Uh, Geraldine Viswanathan as Alexandra shit shoveler. She remains extremely charming. I am not sure how much I find her charming or if I just find her characters charming. Like, I haven't seen her in Not Miracle Workers. Yeah, I don't know so her as a human outside of these shows, but she does a great job of portraying these characters. Mm -hmm. uh, Karan Sony as Lord Chris Vexler. Uh, John Bass as Mikey Shitshoveler. And Lolly Adafope as Maggie. Uh, the, the guy who plays Lord Vexler, I can't remember his name. Uh, Karin Sony. Karin Sony. Is, is that the cab driver from Deadpool and Deadpool 2? Yes. Okay. Really? Okay, awesome. <laughs> that's Dupinder. Yeah, yes, that's, that's that? De yeah, that's Dupinder. Uh, okay, so that's, <laughs> I think, the, Deadpool too. the only thing I know him from other than this. Uh, he's probably in something else I've seen, but, like, th those are the, th those are the uh, things I know. Yeah, he was in, a um, he was in Detective Pikachu. That's right. He's the buddy. He's mm -hmm. the buddy who's trying to get him a Cubone in the very beginning. Yeah. He's um, another episode good. I was on. <laughs> Go he, back and listen to Detective Pikachu. If actually, you that feel was like a pretty that. good episode. So yeah, you should do fun. that. He's still very good at playing kind of slimy, charming, like a person that you probably shouldn't like, but he's not an absolute terrible human being. Has a lot of undue charisma. Uh huh. Um, him and. Uh, Maggie Chit Shoveler. No, 
not Maggie, the other one, uh, the the main character woman. I'm blanking. Al. Al. Him and Al, in a lot of ways, are playing the same person that they were playing last season, but I agree in a different world or story it's like a you know the, the the guy who plays dungeons and dragons and he makes a completely different character each time but he gives them the exact same personality um, i've been this guy more no, once, like so. those characters were some of the ones where i was like oh the show's just kind of black adder yeah not a critique but definitely a note daniel radcliffe completely different kind of awkward in this season and he's very good at apparently all kinds of awkward he is really good at awkward mm-hmm What's that movie he did called? I, uh, he did something called What If, I remember correctly. I don't know. It's a romantic comedy that he did uh, relatively after um, uh, the Harry Potter movies. That he well, did. I'd hope so if it's a romantic <laughs> comedy. Um, <laughs> no, before, when he was 10. And he just does a really good job of being like a clumsy, awkward... Uh, well, he does a good job of that. He's a good-natured Brit. That's kind of like the go-to role for them. So it's funny because I think I overall dig this season more than the last one, but it's also one that I can turn my brain off a little bit more when I'm watching. I think it's a better cohesive season on the whole than the first one, but I think I like season one more, personally. Mm. I am more likely to come back to season two, and I think standalone episodes, like, because I think the other, I actually think the first season is more cohesive, like, Watching it as a chunk as the whole story, well, I think standalone episodes work better in this season. I guess when I say cohesive as a season, I mean just, like, not necessarily all of the episodes as a season, but, like, as a season two versus season one. I okay. think season two works better in that it is overhaul overall more of a cohesive watch-through um, for me personally than I found for season one, but I really kind of love the chaotic charm of season one. This one felt more of a, just like a narrative arc to it, more so, with season two for me. I am partial towards Peter Serafinowicz, though. I do really like Peter <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know I was King a big Cragnor fan. was awesome. His this. episode where he goes to therapy, it, oh, so probably the best episode of the yes. series. He's so good. Uh, only, only, uh, yeah, all of his bits are all of my favorite bits, because uh, the episode where his family comes for a visit is also so, good. so very good. I think the fun thing for him is everyone else has to have some level of like depth of character. You know, Chauncey's a piece of shit, but he's like been raised in insane levels of privilege and he's having to learn to not. With Kring Cragnor as your father. Yes. While also extreme levels of trauma, like strange combination there. Um, and literally being raised to think that you should just kill a peasant if like things are wrong. Eh, not even if things are wrong, if you just feel like you should. And, you know, Al is being raised as, like, I want to be more than a fucking shit shoveler. And every, I mean, everyone else has a little bit of... He doesn't have to worry about any character development, any, like, depth to his character. He just gets to be the insane warlord for an entire season. And he's having so much fun doing it that is probably the best part of the show. The the bit where Daniel Radcliffe tries to hug him and he pulls a knife and says, like, sorry, force of habit. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Uh, yeah. It's understandable. Growth doesn't happen in a day. Overnight, yeah. That's what... Fuck. Oh, my God. That is the dumbest good joke. Um, should we just jump into the episodes? Sure. See if anything gets stirred by the premises of these? Yeah. Uh, number one was graduation, where Al graduated from school... 
but then doesn't want to follow her father in being a shit shoveler. And Chauncey doesn't want to father follow his father in being a conqueror. But he's still trying. He's not quite admitted yet that he, like, at least the beginning. Yeah, he doesn't want to, but he wants to please his father. Uh, the, the uselessness of a degree in that episode was very, um... The earth is flat. That one hit The home. devil is real. The sky is weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. But yeah, no, that, that one hit a little uh, close to home. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> As someone who dropped out of college, I agree with you. As someone who completed college and works in a grocery store and not using my degree. I agree with that, too. This one, I mean, it's a pilot episode. All they had to do was introduce the basics of who each character is and kind of set up an idea of where we're going to go going forward. You know, I didn't think about this the first time I watched it, but the second time when I was sitting down and taking some notes and stuff, I'm like, oh, so this episode where we're suddenly plopped down in this medieval setting, but they're all kind of acting anachronistically. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is there any sort of connection to A Knight's Tale? Oh, yeah, this episode is basically Can a Man Ever Change His Stars? Yeah, this is A Knight's Tale. Which, Knight's Tale is my favorite quote-unquote historical movie. Yes. So, <laughs> mm. Which is fun because, I mean, as we've mentioned, I hang out with weird medievalists. Is that about the time they showed A Knight's Tale in school? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, like, seriously? Oh, yeah. L- like, like, as a serious thing? Oh, no, no. Or just, like, Or was this, it. I don't want to teach class today, so we're going to wheel in the VCR. This was an English class, and the teacher thought it was just more approachable? <laughs> more approachable than what? Like, Canterbury Tales? Apparently! <laughs> then the author that they put in there, played by The Vision, because um, I'm blanking his name. Uh, 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 doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Night's Tale is so... I showed it to Cece uh, a year or two ago, and I was like, okay, so going in, know that this is a goofy-ass movie. I can't even remember what they were trying to teach us through it, but, like, they were... They were they knew it wasn't historically accurate and tell, told us this, but they were like... But if but, you like this, you might have interest in... But it's a really good approach to it, or so? I can't even remember, but they tried to I have used Night's Tale to recruit people to Belagarth, so it fucking works. It's it, just it, a depending on what you're aiming for. It's a fun movie. Um, the fun thing with stuff like Night's Tale or Miracle Worker Season 2 is, as I mentioned, I hang out with weird medievalists, so I have friends that literally will get mad at historical movies if the stitching is wrong on the costuming. And this is my favorite kind of stuff. So we watch these movies and get 100% different <laughs> responses. This might send us way off course. Oh, because we've been so on course up till now. There is, this is one of those things where it exists only because nothing else existed before it. So by default, <laughs> like, this is kind of it. There's a rating system for the accuracy of uh, medieval garments in historical movies that is based off of... Uh, like as the baseline for acceptable Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) (laughs) That's... It's got surprisingly good, doesn't it? Yes, it does. That was the thing. I can't remember the name of the the gal that started this. There is like an entire Twitter account and like it's kind of funny. But she was having to do notes for something. I think... uh, I, I don't remember the exact story. But just sort of had it on in the background while like doing some notes related to medieval Mm -hmm. dress and started looking up and being like, 
these costumes are um, a lot more accurate than they really need to be for this movie. <laughs> uh, also, side super side note, I just watched uh, the third Bill and Ted for the first time. Uh, really good, right? It's it's really fucking charming. It is delightful. I love this kind of Keanu Reeves comeback tour we've been having the last like five oh, years. I can't wait for the Matrix. Oh, it's gonna be great. Back Episode to Miracle two, Workers. Help wanted. But number one is just kidding. Man changes stars. It sets up everybody. Yeah. We talked about everybody. It's good. It's charming. It's great. Episode two is help wanted. That's where Mikey finds Chauncey's duck. And oh. then Chauncey scams him out of it. Before that, before oh, that, God, realization that, that I had on episode one, the the uh, the headsman, we see him a couple of times. Oh, yeah. That's the dude from Beard After Hours in Ted Lasso season two that's yes. like chasing him down and yes. has the little razor scooter. I realized that. You haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I'm not going to go farther than that. I just got really excited when I watched that bit today. I fucking realized that as well, and I just about shat myself. It was awesome. (laughs) Um, uh, What was I saying? Oh, yeah. Help Wanted. So Chauncey finds the, or Mikey finds Chauncey's duck, and he scams him out of it, and that all goes down. And this is also the one where Alexandra is offered a job at the medical center. Oh, which whoever plays this doctor, I know him from other things, and he is always hilarious. He's one of those people of, I don't know your name, but I know I've seen you before. Exactly. He's, he's like, definitely a comedic character actor who, every time I see him and stuff, it was like, oh, yes, very great. We all, I was already pretty willing to ignore, like, any historical accuracy, but the moment they're like, we know literally nothing about medicine, I was like, all right, I gotta just shut off, like, all of my history brain for this. This episode has the line that makes this entire season worth it for me, and it's, uh, so sometimes the devil gets horny for the sun because they're both made of fire, and so he fucks the sun so hard that all the fire in it goes out. (laughs) This is on TBS. This is on cable. Oh, this show's good. Oh, see, my favorite bit here is Mikey is the idiot brother of Al. And he finally gets a little friend and like just the bit where they're trying to get the duck back from him. And he's just making the situation repeatedly worse for himself. Oh, yeah. uh, It's one of my favorite bits of this. It's so good. And it just Daniel and. Oh, actually, no. The bit where Daniel Radcliffe is feeling bad about it, but he doesn't know what feeling bad means, and then he just takes off his wig. You're like, oh my god, that's, they're not even, okay. I don't know, for whatever reason, that scene made me go, oh. Well, I mean, this is the episode that's the start of Chauncey trying to become a better person. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Vexler is like, no, you did a real shit thing to that guy. <laughs> did you That's kind of fucked up, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, I'm going to drink some opium and go to bed is a perfect delivery. Not only lying to him, but then like telling him he's going to sit on this rock for many hours until, <laughs> until it hatches, right? Or something. <laughs> yes, and he will get a second version of that duck. Bucket. Bucket. <laughs> oh, thank you for remembering the name Bucket, because that's a great name for a duck. Thinking of birds, the intro of the chicken just running across, like, various fantasy things is one of my favorite intros I've seen on a TV show in a long time. It's just super well done. This jogged my memory of something, uh, because one, the theme song is great, and two, holy fuck, the music supervisor for the show did not need to go so hard, (laughs) because... (laughs) But he did that for us. But, like, every fucking credit song is a goddamn fucking way up my alley fucking 
slam of a song. Uh, John Daly played Dr. Goodman. Thank you. Thank you very Wait, much. Wait, John Daly? Didn't he play Superman at one point? No. Different John Different Daly. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say. Although he could play a pretty douchey Superman. That would be pretty good. Uh, him torching the place. Pretty solid. Just like this entire collapse of a healer, like cleric kind of set oh, up that, solid. There, a lot of that it's very much tracked for very good hyperbolic uh, reads of, of medical history of that time. Um <laughs> Of what was is that the heroic era of medicine or is that I don't remember in my definitely post in my panic at lunch today when I realized that I hadn't watched the series in like two weeks I just started YouTubing it and I watched several blooper reels of it and it sounds like they just let that guy go that's a good choice (laughs) and just see like okay you have to fucking everything should generally result to cutting their balls off or whatever but uh and letting like him and Steve Buscemi play for a while sounded like it was real good. This episode kind of sort of made me like this episode started it and then the rest of the season sort of cemented it. I'd be down with a reboot of Blackout or starring Car and Sony. Yeah. Yeah. I need to watch Blackout. I it's hard because I Blackadder is so Rowan Atkinson. So Rowan Atkinson, but <laughs> I think you're, oh, God, the Neckbeards would be so angry if we replaced Blackadder with a not-white guy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Now we have to. (laughs) Which only, yeah. With Daniel Radcliffe. With Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe is Baldrick. Yeah, it'd be so good. Or Hugh Laurie's character. I was about to say, yeah. Um, (laughs) The prince? Oh, Blackadder is so good. Uh, We've talked many times on the show about that. Oh, what episode three? Yeah, road trip. Uh, this introduces the party, best. party, party. Everybody yes. wants to party. The best ongoing <laughs> joke of just getting a bard to be party, your fucking party, iPod. party. Everybody's at the party. <laughs> a bear has a long, long tail, which it, it does not. <laughs> uh, that was yeah. That was my favorite thing in the world is the bard uh, party playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Louder. Potty, potty, potty. Cece and I will uh, yell that at each other, actually. Not unoften. Um, also, my house is a wild place to live. I'm just getting that out there. Um, also, the invention of the indoor pit toilet happens. Oh, the whole. yes. <laughs> and Eddie puts snakes in them. <laughs> how, did, how did no one notice Steve Buscemi walking into your house and sticking snakes oh, he's that in good. a fucking pit. Yeah. No, I don't know if I'd notice Steve Buscemi walking into my house. And st- I, he could walk in right now. I don't know if I'd notice. One, he's familiar with all of their houses. He goes there regularly. He's Steve to- fucking Buscemi. I feel like you would notice this. Well, he's, he's Eddie's shit shoveler. <laughs> he's just a shit shoveler. You wouldn't even give it a second thought. He's there just to shovel your shit. We haven't talked much about Buscemi because he's not a huge part of this season. Like, he's in every episode, but he's, he's kind mostly of, support. Look, I'm going to say he is kind of weirdly the beating heart of this season. He's just the nicest, kindest, other than this episode. He's kind of just like a super kind guy yeah, who's trying to do well. do anything wrong. No, he just... And he's not even doing anything wrong by his standards. He's really just trying to, like, keep his business afloat. He's just going about it in a very fucked up way. He's just happy about life while life is definably terrible. And it's super... I like it better than uh, Complete Piece of Shit God from the first season. 
even though I really enjoyed Steve Buscemi as complete piece of shit. God. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. I mean, that is the selling point for this series still. <laughs> Do you want to see Steve, Steve Buscemi, Buscemi as a piece of shit? God, <laughs> watch the first season of this show and then continue his explanation of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and giraffes still it's like a dog with a long neck um, and what's a cow it's a dog that you can drink oh, oh god that's i just don't like that sentence though uh but this one and vexler finally fucks up vexler fucks up the valdrogians being just super bros, bros. <laughs> yes although i'm i was prepared for them to still try and murder daniel radcliffe yeah I like that they didn't because it does show that there is some level of uh, the character that's not a complete and total fuck up in its own way. Like he is. This is a better execution. I was expecting them to heel turn, not heel turn, but it's basically just like kind of catch me off guard. I was like, have them actually try and double cross them. Um, but I don't know. It was good. Peter. What's his name? Uh, 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 Sarah Finowitz. Sarah Finowitz yelling, who the fuck is Brandt? <laughs> and I'm not going to explain any more of that joke in there, but it's just my favorite line of this episode, and this episode already has my favorite ongoing joke. It's just so... Party, 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 everybody wants to party. Sad version. Party, 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 <laughs> everybody. All right, uh, next episode. Unless you have uh, anything more. No, that's no. all I got. Internship. Chauncey realizes he has no connection with common workers, and he goes and finds a job with Eddie Shitshoveler. Uh, and Mikey falls in with the Merry Band. I love this episode. The Merry Band. I'm hoping people can hear my air quotes. <laughs> well, I can. Feel this them. episode falls for me somewhere very in the middle. Like it, I don't have any major critiques of it. It's not one of my like high points, but every bit of it is very well delivered. Um, there's so many good bits that just, like, are the kinds of bits that always work for me. The fucking Daniel Radcliffe accidentally starting a fire. Just, like... And then very genuinely being like, how did I do? How did I do? Just, like, being completely oblivious to the fact that he just destroyed a person's <laughs> home. Well, that That's the kind of bit that will never not work for me. And I love it. Robin Hood just being a bunch of, like, Druggy thieves is kind of great. That was pretty yes, good. That was very good. And, and just the, their fucking their dealer just like hanging out in the bushes. Like now we go talk to Brian. Hey Brian. Hey Brian. I don't know if Brian's the name, but just. Oh, and then the the whole resolution of it with um oh why can't I not remember uh, the brother Mikey Mikey. Him falling in with them and just just learning how very dumb he is throughout that episode is so fucking funny to me. Um, I do like that this is the episode that gives Mikey a little bit of range because this is the one where he's really kind of... We realize he's aware of how dumb he is. Yes, you, you get like, a lot of pathos for him yes, in this episode. Which, that actor, who I keep thinking Chunk of as knockoff Ezra Miller who looks far less uncomfortable than Ezra Miller does as a person. Fair, yes. In the first season, he never really got that moment either. Like, this is the most character development he's gotten across two seasons, even though he's still just playing the kind of weird dipshit. Like a lovable dipshit. Next <laughs> season, he finally gets quite quite a bit more. Good. We'll talk about that in two Excellent. weeks. Um, Since I have watched it already. Yeah, I'm very excited. You should be. <laughs> 
Uh, uh, what's Al up to? Uh, other, she's just helping out her brother. I mean, she ends up helping him out in the end. I can't quite remember her. At main. first, she's just like I think wanting she's her jealous time. of her or something. Yes, her. because she's having the book club with her friend. Yes, that's right. And I don't blame her for wanting a time where she can just. Going. Hang out with her friend and not have to look after her idiot brother. The literal but, only other person in her villa, in her whole fucking town, who reads books that she's reading, and is like, "Yeah, I want to spend some time with my fucking friend." Sorry, please, just chill. Mm-hmm. We get little bits of Maggie. She will come up more later. I like Maggie quite a bit. Maggie's great. Yeah, Maggie's great. I I wish Lolly came back for season three. Oh, she's Spoiler, not in she's not in season three. Oh, I was looking forward to finding out who she is. Hopefully it was just like a scheduling conflict and she's back for season four. I don't know if there's or a Or she's just four. got more work. Doesn't sound like there's going to be a season four. It's oh. so, okay. We have three really good seasons mm-hmm. by the sound of it. Yeah, which is more than most shows. Episode five is Holiday, where the kingdom is celebrating Harvest Day. Uh, <laughs> right-wing <laughs> uncle shows up. I sort of disagree with the and message of yours. just deal with your shitty racist uncle. Like, because he's family. I, I, I don't really buy that story anymore. I love but... the joke of he voted for King Cragnor. <laughs> and then, like, no, like, he's a monarch. We don't get to vote. He just wrote it down and threw it at the castle. I, I, even if I don't agree with the overall message, this is a very well done episode. And I could see myself watching this on Christmas. <laughs> like, or, I mean, obviously it's Thanksgiving. But, uh, you know, listen to Alice's Restaurant. Watch this. No one ever calls out the fact that the uh, cousins immediately just start beating the shit out of Mikey, like, always. Is th- This is, I feel like, a trope of cousins in, in media. I, uh, why, why do I feel like I've seen this in I other things? I feel like it dates back to, like, more, 80s flicks, even, uh, right? Just like, like, oh, my cousins I, are showing up. They're gonna be real rambunctious and wild, and then they just beat the shit out of you. This no episode had Christmas Vacation vibes to me, but it's been long enough that I've since I've seen Christmas Vacation that I am not a hundred percent sure like how one to one translation it is. But you know, weird shitty uncle and his weird shitty family showing up, and you have to fucking deal with it because he's family. The Dude, people, the best part is the Cragnor side. Yes, yes, this is where his family shows up and they play games. Yes, yeah, weird murderous tyrants playing party games <laughs> and getting very competitive. And how clearly obvious that this was going to end badly, but watching it, and th- this is what I mean. Cragnor is so clearly loving playing Cragnor. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And you get a real sense of depth to how fucked up Cragdor's family is and how subsequently understandably fucked up uh, Chauncey is because of it. This is the one where Chauncey becomes, like, there's been some back and forth of, like, Chauncey's a piece of shit, but he's kind of starting. This is where I kind of become on Chauncey's side in a lot of stuff, as opposed to, like, you're trying, but fuck, you're a rich piece of shit. And this one, I'm like, okay, like... I get it. You've... (laughs) You've turned to bend somewhere, and I'm not sure if you've earned that, but I'm willing to roll with it because Daniel Radcliffe is great. Well, he keeps trying to turn that bend for everybody watching with the next episode, which is a music festival. This is the one with um, uh, Portlandia guy. Um, <laughs> with Fred Armisen. I, thank you. This one, he's barely trying to turn because he's mostly just trying to get, get in laid. his pants. Yeah. A very hardcore just trying to get in her good graces. Um, but this is a great episode. The Fred Armisen going out and doing experimental rock for his whole set is... There is a behind-the-scenes thing where Fred Armisen 
talks about listening to a shit ton of old medieval music and then writing the the who 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 song or whatever it is and i can't tell if it's real or a parody of like fred armison writing that song and all the stuff because he is making jokes the whole time and i'm like i don't I don't know, but I still sing hoo 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 to a bit for myself after watching this episode. Like, it's annoyingly catchy. Given what little I know of Fred Armisen and his love for music, I wouldn't put it past him. I find it very believable. It's a believable thing, but also could have wholeheartedly been just something he pulled it's, out of his I butt don't, to make I haven't up. watched yeah. enough Fred Armisen to know, like, be able to tell when he's just horse shitting. I don't know if um, he's watched enough. <laughs> who can fucking tell? Uh, uh, but. Al is kind of becoming jealous of Maggie kind of getting into her job. Yeah, because Maggie pretty openly was like, nah, fucking whatever, it's a cushy gig, who's going to stop me? And then finds out she actually really likes being in a convent (laughs) and, like, what sounds like a really awful job. Yeah, it really does. Her friend fucking cut out her tongue. Which that bit, that whole bit of her uh, is supposed to have had cut out her tongue and nobody checked is so fucking funny. Um... Yeah, uh, Trish. 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 Look, part of this episode was weirdly way too fucking real. Like, as someone who didn't know what they were doing with their life for large parts of life, including today. No, because that connected to me. But because I once went to a concert where not the main set, but like I went the very first time I saw Clutch. Oh, no, I like Clutch so much. I'm sitting there and like, oh, this is fucking great. And like, oh, this is great. And like, I I really know their catalog really well, though. And they're kind of burning through. Well, there, There's a crowd favorite. There's a big radio hit. What are they saving for their encore? Get to the encore. And it was a 20-minute free-form jazz blues jam session. That's what you do when you really want to guarantee that you're not going to have to deal with the second encore. Like, <laughs> It was cool for like the first seven minutes. And painful for the last 13. It's such a 20 minutes is too long. It's such a weird thing with big name artists, because on one hand, I really do believe in the right to kind of experiment and find your own voice. On the other hand, I paid you a, for me, a lot of money. I want to fucking hear, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a difference between one week when I went to a live show and doing that in a studio. Finding writing a song can happen anywhere, but also maybe try out something you've already written on on people who are paying you. One of the best concerts I ever went to, and I never thought I'd say this, was the fucking Bare Naked Ladies because they had just the right balance of uh, their newer stuff. Like they play a couple of their newer songs that you don't know as well, mm-hmm. and then they pop into like a really well known when they were big in the '90s song and like back and forth. And they had that, like, all right, we're not nearly as big as we used to be, but we still get to fucking tour the world playing this fucking song. That's really cool. As opposed to, you know, Fred Armisen's character here, who is just the absolute shitty, you guys are all sheep. (laughs) No, man, you had a fucking one-hit wonder. Play the fucking (laughs) one-hit wonder. What's wrong with you? You can do your other shit afterwards, but you gotta play hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yeah, and that was pretty clear. Like, they were just like, just play who, who, who. We don't even need you to play. We well, we hardly need you to play anything else. We don't need you to play anything else. We just want the one song. And then everything else is up to you. <laughs> Fair game. And he's just a real dick about it. 
it translate was mostly just trying to get in Al's pants, but I do like at the end how even Vexer pointed out, he's like, look, you got angry for the peasants. That's not what your dad does. Yeah. Yeah. He actually shows leadership mm-hmm. stuff. Next one is the Are They Aren't They Dating episode? The next one is, no, the next one is Day in Court with the royal goat oh, eating the yeah. garden. <laughs> That's right. I loved this what was What was the B story to that, though? The B story is the goat, or no, I mean, okay, the A story is the goat, the B story is uh, Lord Cragnor has started taking therapy. Yes, this is the therapy for Cragnor. Okay, yes, this is my favorite episode of the Ethan Cragnor. This is my favorite episode of the whole whole season. And Chauncey doesn't want to piss him off because he's finally getting to, like, do puzzles with his dad. He's getting to have a relationship with his father for the first time ever. Yes. The bit where he's walking down the hallway singing about being a pudding boy and, like, br- <laughs> bumps into his dad. He's like, please, just make the beating quick. That's where I was like, oh, fuck, Chauncey. Like, we make fun of you a lot for being a dipshit, but your life is straight up terrible. But also that Pudding Boy song. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the scene I saw from season three of Daniel Radcliffe doing, like, burlesque, but Daniel Radcliffe's willingness to do, like, goofy songs about himself or, like, goofy awkward moments coming from, like, you can't escape Papa in the first season. Bog in the log in the hole. (laughs) Bog in the log in the (laughs) car. Jesus Christ, I love Daniel Radcliffe, which I did not know until kind of this series. I uh I actually did know this because I've I, always liked him, but this is the one where I was like, Fuck I, yeah, I just want to hang out with you. But like I've seen him in a couple other things. Like his post Harry Potter work has been like, damn man, I like the choices you're making, and also you're doing a great job with the choices you're making. For a kid actor, he seems to have come out very well on the other side. Yeah, uh, he must have had some good safety nets built in. Britain's generally better about that. That's good. Generally, generally. <laughs> Got it. I guess, do we have anything on the go? Because we've already talked up the therapy bit, which is... I mean, I just wish that they would have carried that forward better in the le- rest of the season. Yes. Had that go just, like, been at, in the background... Like, any time Eddie's around. I agree, but also the implication more. that Eddie's gonna fuck the goat is very, like... I can oh, see Eddie why fucked the goat. I oh. can see why they didn't decide to take that further. Like It's the Dark Ages. They had to consummate the wedding. And there was probably people just outside the door to listen to make sure. Because oh, that was not uncommon. Uh, it was watched. Wesley Pervert. Wesley Pervert was in the oh room watching. Oh, my God. He was oh, supposed- we haven't mentioned Wesley Pervert, and we don't need to go in further other than just... <laughs> Everybody's profession is he's usually a, their last name. He's a fucking Simpsons background character, and I mean that in the best possible way. He's, he's um um the hard breathing kid from Hey Arnold. So I'm becoming a butcher, and uh, Jim Carpenter's becoming a carpenter. And what are you doing, Wesley Pervert? Dot dot dot. Stuff. 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 Just he had that that dot 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 time wing was so good. Oh, and they boy. didn't overuse it, which is what I appreciate about Wesley Pervert. But then it goes into the first date episode, okay, where they need to communicate. Yeah, <laughs> this might be. But my I mean, own. that's most of every show. That might be. Both my- of them need to proverbially nut up and just like, "Hey, I like you," in in, a, in more than a friend capacity, and they don't. This is probably my least favorite episode. It. It is still pretty well done. 
it's just, I don't know, the romantic triangle trope I'm not hugely fond of, the just fucking talk to each other trope I'm not wildly fond of. I do remind myself that their age is vague, but they're not very old. I mean, she's supposed to be like 18. And I get the sense he's supposed to be about 18, but I mean, also Daniel Radcliffe is my age, so... I want to say they also, at some point, make a joke about Eddie being... Like young. 30? They did they yeah. make, like, a lifespan, short lifespan joke at one point or another, so, mm-hmm. like... You can get away with it yeah, a little Yeah, Eddie's, more. like, 35, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Long life. A ripe um, old age of 35. Um... See, I'm my note for this is I wrote it down is this is also the uh, teach adults about racism episode with Eddie and the Druid. Yeah, <laughs> that is exactly what that was. I didn't pick. I didn't put all that together, but just like it's a weird, weird story for Eddie and all of these Druids. I don't get it. I will say this episode was actually directed by Steve Buscemi. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's right. This episode made me laugh. I don't have yeah. anything negative to say. It's just. They needed to advance the plot from point A to point B, and they were running out of time, so there was a whole lot of someone's holding the idiot ball. Oh, we need to just quickly mention the rich dude who's just singing about them. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> because that is so good. That was just, that The framing of just, like, a bard singing about what we're seeing... Worked just on its own. Worked on its own. <laughs> And, and it was funny as all get out to then have this person be in media res in the scene with them. Who's even paying you? Yeah, <laughs> independently wealthy. <laughs> it's just so fucking great. I love. I'm that just shit. living my best life, dude. What about you? <laughs> fucking nut up, bro. <laughs> what are you doing, my dude? <laughs> that whole bit throughout the episode is just great. Yeah, it's probably the best part of the episode in its own. Like. I, Archibald Cosmos, because that's how far I dare to dream. Oh my god, I hated him so much. <laughs> I would not be surprised if the framing of that episode was came up for before the rest of that episode, and there was they they shoehorned it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, the good joke of he gives her something like here until your own travel, and then Johnson being here money, money. <laughs> until you could. This is super awkward. Like, <laughs> yep. I would sure, much, fuck it is. <laughs> I would much rather have money than an eagle feather. I agree, but also, especially during the dark ages, what the fuck can I do with an eagle feather? I can't. Probably do some sh- weird magic shit, but like, when you're 17 and the person's super hot, you're like, okay, this is romantic. This is condescending. Like, <laughs> I, is I like. <laughs> are, wait, are we saying Daniel Radcliffe's not hot? Because I would fuck the shit out of him. Different kind of hot. Okay, different kind of hot. Oh, we're talking, like, hot versus conventional, you know. Yes. What modern society says is mm-hmm. attractive. Uh, fucking eagle feather douchebag is, like, square jaw, seven, uh, it pulls really well when he's 17, but once people you get know, to know him. basic hetero cisgendered idea of hot bullshit. Is it the same, is he the same guy from season one who no. also, oh, okay, because no, that no, would have been a good guy. crossover. That would have been good if they could get him back. Different guy. Uh, technically, uh, the last two are two-parter. Because it's new, it's moving out part one and part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Alexandra plans to go to Paris with um, homeboy, whatever. Cosmos. Archibald I, Cosmos. I don't know why going to Paris specifically pulled me out of it because, like, they have not worried about a real place for any other part of this show. And then they're like, we're going to Paris. I'm like, wait, is this on Earth? I think the concept there for me rang as, like, Paris being 
the big city epicenter of like this is where culture exists. Well, you're this not is, wrong for large parts of history. I just um, I don't know why it pulled me out. Like and then also at this point would probably be where like the dark ages would be starting to end theoretically. Mm-hmm. And just lower Merkford, the Valdrogians, which are the least historical <laughs> fantasy thing I have ever seen. Yeah, so um, they've, they've definitely ne- done nothing to really, like... And then, bam, Paris. It's a small gripe, but if I'm going to look for a gripe, that's kind of the only thing that's really come to mind for this show knows what it's trying to be. I do like the Valdrogians, though. That, that <laughs> yeah, shit was good. great. I like the Valdrogians. Um, and this is uh, Chauncey's being forced into a political mar- marriage. With the Valdrogians. Yes. <laughs> Which was a good bit. I like that, like, the the princess is basically, like, at least on some surface level, appears to basically be Chauncey. Yeah. But also And still then we find s- out she's not, because she's fucking horrifying. But yes. A terrifying murder chieftain of some sort. Daughter of the Valdrogian. Yeah. yeah. The safety spell was super cute, but I wish it had, if they were going to use it like that, it had been worked in at some point earlier in the season. That's fair. Dropping it in. Saving a potato for 15 or 10 years or whatever it is, is soups gross. Thanks for making up that story. No, I didn't make up that story. It happened last month. There's the witch right there. I'm like, God, that's dumb, but good. <laughs> or the, oh, my God. It's just like, no, I'm having a hard day. What, your boys fuck cat or so- your boy fucks cats or something? Like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? This fucking series, my guy. <laughs> it was kind of fun to have the hard work backfire on Buscemi. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I can't have her go to Paris. I'm just going to keep her at work all the time. And now she has enough money to go to Paris. Buscemi is super shitty in this. Like, this is pro Okay. No, actually, hiding poisonous snakes in fucking holes that people are shitting in is worse. But, like, this is bad dad behavior, even if I, like, even if there is some level of understanding where he's coming from. It's not good dad behavior, but it's not, like, it's not abusive, but it's not good. It is super manipulative. It is definitely very manipulative. So, yeah, I'm going to roll that back. It actually is very abusive. (laughs) Uh, Fuck that noise. But then Chauncey finally fires back at his dad by not going through with the wedding. So, of course, it immediately goes horribly, but... Yeah, more with Valdrogians, you know. <laughs> with the, the weather forecasts uh, of all of that stuff is such a good bit. And the uh, the town... The town crier. Mm-hmm. Which is a good recurring bit that I enjoyed mm-hmm. every time that came up. I agree. It's one of those things, if you're going to do anachronistic history fantasy stuff lean into it and the town crier being you know the radio or the local news is a really good bit that you can do in that oh my god one of my favorite fucking jokes like i don't know maybe top five for the entire season is when everything starts to go to shit and the valdrogans are attacking and maggie's trying to get a head count at the fucking convent <laughs> did you count god <laughs> yeah with are you counting christ because he always walks among us we ain't got time for that shit <laughs> <sighs> that made me so so happy that I just really like Mac. I and, and I liked Rosie too in the first season. I just like her apparently. Um, here's a horse. His name is Dream. What was it? His name is Dream Chaser, and he knows the way to Paris. The <laughs> that Princess Vicky ranges between like super nice, 
innocent girl to like, all right, it's time to do a murder castle. Like it's, <laughs> I love it. It's a good juxtaposition of character, and it worked for me. It was very funny. The this is we've kind of jumped into episode two, but that's fine. Uh, uh, it's a two parter. Yeah, Richard is one. It's. The bit where Al finally gets the entire town to admit that she's smarter than all of them, and but and kind of better than all of them, but because they all not. kind of suck. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. also at the same time having them be like, "You're right, we're all fucking terrible." You're like, "Oh God, I don't feel good about that one." Um, oh, that's okay. Sorry, my brain just c- connected some dots. But the guy who plays the carpenter or the f- the friend of mm-hmm. one of her friends who who becomes a carpenter or whatever, the other forgettably handsome guy in this one. Yeah, he plays a uh, he. He's in the School of Rock TV series. There was a School of Rock TV series? Oh, for Nickelodeon, baby. Um, Are we talking about the guy that kind of looked like knockoff Stifler? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's accurate. I didn't think of that, but that's very accurate. They also did a Broadway show version of uh, School of Rock. That one I knew. Um, uh, But he plays plays the Jack Black character's role in uh, in the TV series. I don't like that. Yeah, it's not great. I I only know that it exists because for some reason I was getting back into Nickelodeon live action for for a moment and I I quickly stopped. (laughs) Because it's bad. Because it's like, oh, this is not for me anymore. No. I am too old. It's like trying to watch Disney Channel original content for the most part. Um, if it's not old stuff that was when I when I, when I was young, then I don't. And get as someone it. who wasn't raised watching, yeah, if that it's stuff, not it's Brink, not actually very good. Oh, it's not. If it's, it's not. not Brink or Johnny Tsunami or those are also not very good. Johnny uh, Tsunami doesn't hold up. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I just watched it recently. It doesn't. It's so sad. Brink will never die though. <laughs> yeah, Brink is so good. <laughs> okay. Uh, go big or go home, baby. Lord Vexler's immediate, well, time to go, and just having, like, a fucking great time. Again, I just can't talk up enough. Not, uh, Lord Uh, Cragnor, sorry. Lord Cragnor, I can't talk up Cragnor enough this season. He's just, every scene he's in, he steals. The, the, oh, wait, they'll be at that for a little bit, so we can actually go hit up the stores before we leave. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go to the treasury first. And then they like swap over to him and he's just laughing. Being like, have you ever had that moment where you feel like you're exactly where you're meant to be? And there's like flaming arrows going out the back window. So good. Yeah, he is the the highlight of the whole season. Only kind of bit I have is at the very, very end of this. And I don't necessarily disagree with the choice. But at at the very end when they're like final scene... So I guess, do you have anything to talk about before I dive into that? No. No. Other um, than I, it, like I said, it has been two weeks since I watched this. Okay. No, that's for. I uh, don't remember exactly how the very final episode ends. Chauncey and Al decide to go to Paris together and they leave Lord Vexler as the new king. Okay. I remember now, Lord Vexler as the new king, but I couldn't remember anyone else. Vexler else's. is infinitely more qualified. And I like that they admitted that. It does feel a little out of character for the character arc that it kind of felt like Al and Chauncey were in for up to that scene of like, she wanted to get out, but she really does have these deep ties to the town that she wasn't wanting to admit to until the whole town was going to die to save her. And he was finding out what it took to actually be a good leader. Like, I kind of, to me at least, it felt like those two were being set up to be an actually capable leader group together 
like she would get a station where she could have actual power to do st- stuff that would invoke change. Like king and queen co-rulers is kind of where I felt like it was going. Exactly. But, yes. And I respect ditching the idea of I have a right to rule because I was born because you fucking not not here for divine right of kings. That's my hot take of the day. I just it felt like kind of a like maybe we don't want to do that after all. Which, I, hey, that's that's a fine ending, I guess. Like I liked the ending, but like, I don't have a I problem do, with it. I just I do see your point. That does characterly character wise makes a lot of sense to me. Now that you say it out loud, I see your point. I guess I I never felt like he was being set up to be a leader. He, I thought he was just being set up to being able to say anything against his father, which he does. For me, it's and, stuff like, oh, your father did this, but you do it for the peasants, mm-hmm. like that. That kind of small character. I mean, we only had 10 episodes of a really goofy show, so there's not... And then, like, yeah, like, the uh, the town sort of rallies around Al at the end, but especially with these two episodes being a two-parter, I think her leaving was still very much set up with Lolly in part one, or Lolly's character, Maggie just really pointing out to her, like, no, it's okay that you can go because you don't have any ties anymore now that her and Chauncey aren't talking. Yes. She had already come to terms to fact with, like, Maggie's... Whether they had said it out loud or not, they had come to terms with the fact that Maggie was always going to stay at that point and stuff, but... Yeah, uh, and but also, like, I felt like a big part of that was proving that she actually does have a fuck ton of ties, and I don't disagree with her leaving, either. As I said, I just, Mm -hmm. it felt odd to me. But I also think it's the better choice. I do want to see the continuing adventures of Al and Chauncey. I agree. I would love to see that. I was really bummed when, like, third season wasn't that, but third season is so good. I'm not going to lie. Third season might be my favorite. It would have been hard because you would have had to change every other cast member, and you don't want to lose Steve Buscemi. Mm -hmm. Or you just re-character cast. Yeah. Bring back the cast, but they're all new characters. Yes. Except for really funny. And just not bothered. <laughs> that guy like kind of looks like my dad. <laughs> like, um, huh, I don't see the resemblance. And then they move on. Okay, yes. I will give you that. Would have been super good. You're right. That's oh god. Now I'm kind of mad. <laughs> That's the only way I could get away with doing that kind of thing in my head. <laughs> Be fun. I don't want to go too deep into anything because one, it's not a terribly deep show, and two, I just want you to go watch the fucking show. Yeah, go watch the show. It, I like I blasted through both seasons in a couple of days, less than a couple of days. It only took me some time because I was busy with some other bullshit. Yeah, I just didn't have time to sit down. It like honestly, you could get through the whole thing in a week if you only spent like an hour or so a night. Oh, honestly, like, you could just sit down on like you got a day off, nothing else to do. You could blast through this whole show very quickly. Yes. That would be a good choice. Um it's it's a delightful watch. Next week we'll be back with season not next week next time. We'll be back with season 3. Yeah. Surprise surprise at this point. Uh but before we go, do we have any recommendations? Yeah, so this recommendation isn't going to make sense for what we've been talking about. They don't always connect. Well, it makes sense for the fact of what we've all been recording today. Ah, word Um, balloons. Yeah, I mean, we're coming up. Recommendation is word balloons. Even though this episode will not be out until after Halloween, um, like we're recording this in the middle of spooky season, Mm -hmm. and we were doing some other recording today, and I thought of this movie. And so my recommendation is going to be Dead Alive. Uh, from Peter Jackson. 
Yeah. I've never seen this. I'm going to take your recommendation and go watch this if I can. It is a splat stick movie, meaning it is a splatter film that is... Slapstick. Slapstick. It's also known as Brain Dead, right? Also known as Brain Dead. It was, yes. Uh, depending re- on where it was released. Depending on where it was. We should put on a caveat before you watch this. If you have not seen pre-Lord of the Rings Peter Jackson, it's a very different experience. Ooh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. So uh, the Peter Jackson that we all know and love as being a big hobbity motherfucker. <laughs> like, he started off some pretty gnarly flicks. This is how I've heard of this movie is that it's wildly graphic. It Eat is the feebles is nightmare inducing. Like it's a lot of fun. It's this guy trying to like court this gal while his grandma turns into a zombie and his really sleazy uncle tries to steal his property. It's also one of the bloodiest and goriest movies of all time. And it's full on comedy. Just because this didn't come up in the Word Balloons episode where we were originally talking about this that we recorded earlier today, uh, when you first said Dead Alive, my brain went to Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball, like those oh, old shit. PS2 games, and I was like, they made a movie of that? What are we talking about right now? Oh, they well, did. Well, yes, they did. They did. Oh, Jesus. But that's not what we're talking about. Not what we're don't, talking about. Probably don't watch that one. <laughs> probably don't recommend that. Uh, There's also a different Dead or Alive series that is not tied to those games. Lord. Are those is, uh, those are zombie movies, right? Probably. It sounds like a zombie. If it's not, it should be. I could be wrong. I don't uh, know. They're Mika flicks from oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Now I know what we're talking about. Steven? Um, I'm gonna recommend a podcast that I just started listening to that oh, I s- sorry. Uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna okay, then I'm gonna recommend four podcasts. <laughs> just, just, just Fry <laughs> Squirms, General Nerdery, um uh well five uh, five uh New Byland, uh, Word Balloons, and then this other one that's not on uh, the wonderful Earworm Network um, uh, that is called uh, Films to be Buried With, with uh, Brent Goldstein, hmm. who, if you watch Ted Lasso, he plays Roy Kent. It is way up my fucking alley. It, he has various comedians and actors come on, and he gives them the very unfortunate news that they've died, and they're going to talk about uh, their life through the movies they loved, hated, and were obsessed or fascinated with. I'm going to listen to this tonight. It is, it is <laughs> you're so... going to record like three different podcasts today, and then you're going to listen to I'm others. I'm just going to throw out that he's had Kevin Smith on. Yes. Um, and you, uh, Kev mentioned that on one of his latest. I, ha- I have not actually listened to that one yet, but I'm working my way chronological in reverse. Um, I just started with the newest, and I'm working my way back. But it's so good. It is way up my alley. Charlie um, Kev will bring in uh, Slacker. Uh, she's having a baby. I, these are guesses, but... <laughs> um, but I'm very much Your level of it. Kev fandom legitimately frightens me. Yeah. <laughs> and if you like British comedy, uh, it's a lot of British comedians. Um, uh, so, yeah. I'm this is fucking great. Mo- movies to be buried with. Um, or films to be... I, I'm Okay, I'm going to look this up real okay. quick. I, In the meantime, I'm going to do mine. Uh, just because it's the only from we didn't mention, that's rude, uh, The Art of Wargaming. You should definitely check that out yeah. if you like uh, wargaming. If you don't like wargaming, it might not be your bag. No I offense. feel bad I forgot it. Uh, My apologies. <laughs> I've actually been listening to it lately. It's pretty good. Yeah. Malark's a smart dude. Scary smart dude in some cases. Um, but I am going to recommend the two-season show 
Gallivant, which I feel like I've mentioned here before. It is a musical historical fantasy comedy. Okay. Historical fantasy in the same way that this is a historical fantasy. It has absolutely fucking nothing to do with history, but there's it's not like elves and shit. It's not Tolkien fantasy. I've heard great things about this. It's so dumb. But in I've the same also, way that this is, but it's so good. It's got so many boxes of just like, well, I gotta be in the right mood for this type of nah, thing. Nah, man, personally. you just gotta fucking, like, it's... Okay, well, I'll, uh, just, I'll strap in and get onto it. Uh... Vinnie Jones is in it, and I just... Vinnie Jones is weirdly charming. <laughs> you sold me with Vinnie Jones. I am... Uh, it's a musical with fucking Vinnie Jones. I am in. The... I'm in. I'm in. The first episode of the second season is called We're Back, Suck It, Cancellation Bear. Um, yes. It's just super... Kylie Minogue pops up for a random yes. episode called this Off With His Shirt. Where she's just, like, kidnapped a main character and is making him do a striptease. Is the main, it's, is the main guy from Psych? Why do I think the main guy's from Psych? Not the main guy, but the cruel tyrant King is the detective from Psych. Okay, thank you. But with, like, long hair and a beard, and it weirds me out to see Psych now because I saw Gallivant first. Mm. Psych stresses me out. I really loved it. It's well done. I just... A person lying every moment of an episode just str- it's it's a me thing. Gallivant, super fucking charming. Psych, really popular. So maybe check that one out too. Did you confirm the episode of that podcast? It's films to be buried with with okay. Brent Goldstein. I Brett remember. Goldstein. Brett Goldstein. I see, and I already got it wrong. <laughs> but the films to be buried with. You'll you'll get there. Um, I couldn't remember if it was films or movies, but it is films to be buried with. That's all we got for today. Sweet. Um, I'm Tyler. I'm Zach. Dismissed. Hi, everybody. General Tyler here. If you like the show, please hit subscribe however you're listening to us right now. Also, if you could rate and review us however you're listening to us right now, or preferably over at Apple Podcasts, we would super appreciate it, as the whole world is around on algorithms, and we want to be all up in them, getting our voice out to more places. Uh, also, I mean, tell your friends, we always appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, ask us questions, give us comments, email us generalnerderypod at gmail.com. You can also contact us through our website, www.generalnerdcast.com. Uh, while you're there, check out all of our back catalog or click the links up at the top as we are part of the Earverm Podcast Network. Uh, go check out all of our sister shows. We're involved with most of them, so if you already like listening to us talk, it might be in your best interest. And if you want to check out everything from the network, head over to earverm.com, E-A-R-V-V-Y-R-M.com. We'd super appreciate it. Love you all. Have a good one.